Welcome to Imagine That. Your host is Dr. Miriam Franco. Today, we'll discover the power of imagination to relax and discuss many of the ways it can help solve problems, improve your health, and more. Imagination is a healthy, powerful tool that, when applied to a concern, becomes a powerful ally that we can all benefit from. Now, here is Dr. Miriam Franco. Welcome to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Miriam Franco. As a psychologist and a guided imagery specialist, I have witnessed the power of our imagination to help us reduce pain, let go of stress, prepare for challenging life events, and improve our health and coping. As Albert Einstein said, first we imagine it, then we create it. Each week on Imagine That, I interview healthcare professionals, wellness experts, teachers, artists, and community leaders who apply innovative ways to use the power of the imagination to relax, cope, perform, and learn. Today, we explore Shrinks on Third, a successful podcast series that explores psychology and social justice through a progressive feminist lens. Episodes focus on interviews with people from the field of psychology with a social justice passion, people on the ground actively working for social justice, and or people from a marginalized group directly impacted by important mental health and social justice issues. My guests today are the co-hosts of Shrinks on Third, psychologists Cindy Ariel and Julie Mayer. Both Julie and Cindy are authors, activists, public speakers, and psychodynamic psychologists practicing in the Philadelphia area. They co-created the podcast Shrinks on Third, which launched in September of 2018. Welcome to Imagine That, and thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Oh, it's my pleasure. In honor of the fact that today is election day, I decided it would be great to have you two as my guests on Imagine That. Because I think, especially on election day, we exercise our right to vote and try to imagine our political and social future, either in our local community or every four years, the health of our nation. It's important to be able to imagine results, programs, or initiatives for social and economic change that we'd like to see, rather than fall prey to pessimism or nihilism or the current paralysis of a stagnant political process in Washington, D.C. Your podcast series, I understand, was born in September of 2018. What was occurring for both of you to consider to take the time and effort to develop a weekly podcast series to highlight and promote social change? Well, while it was born in 2016, we hadn't actually yet imagined our podcast. What we both started imagining on the morning after the election of 2016 was a way to do more and make our world a more just place. And then, I guess, how long after was it? It was maybe a year later mm-hmm. that we started dreaming about specific things that we could do and specifically this podcast because we do agree with you that everything starts with a dream. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I would add that I think one of the reasons that it was so important to us is that we saw our clientele, our, our, our patients, our clients, suffering over um, the political situation and the changes in the world. And, um, what, you know, we help people. We wanted to help others to help themselves and also to help others. Yes, I, I remember, too, that um, where I practiced, my clients were split um, by party, and yet they all experienced the fear of being invisible, hmm. of not having the positions, the values, the things that mattered be can, taken seriously by other people, and there's sometimes certain, feeling invisible. Yes, there's certainly a lot of misunderstanding, and so it does have everybody feeling not seen, not heard. And not, not, part, not enough of a part of a community, I think. That's sort of one of the things that we've been looking for, to help people feel like they're part of something valuable. Yes, it, you're not just limited to your um, exix, existing street address or zip code. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did the two of you decide to do this? I mean, you may have been chatting about it, but were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But were you both thinking in sync about doing a podcast, like at the same time? Or how did this really come about? I mean, there was the motivation to do something, but how did the podcast come about? We were um, talking about what to do for social responsibility, something along those lines that we were unhappy with where things are. And, um, one of us said, how about a podcast? We kind of laughed. And then, I don't know, Cindy went and did all the research, and, and then we had a podcast. <laughs> Neither of us actually knew. How, we didn't listen to podcasts. We didn't know how to make a podcast. Yeah. But we do both have millennial children who <laughs> helped us out in that space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it, it takes a teenager to host a podcast. <laughs> right. It does. They know exactly what to do, and they helped us. Yeah, that's wonderful. So we learned. So we learned how to use equipment. And that was really fun. I mean, I feel like learning how to do the editing and the recording, and it's been uh, a joy, like learning new skills. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think technology is more challenging for people of a certain age like ourselves. How How has your podcast developed and grown? I mean, is your audience mostly in the Philadelphia area? Has it expanded? Well, it's mostly in the Philadelphia area, and we are expanding it. We interviewed the uh, the um, CEO of APA, and he's in Washington, obviously. And mm-hmm. it's hard to tell where the audience actually is from the data that we get, mm-hmm. but we're hoping to keep expanding. Okay. And yeah. go ahead. Oh, sorry, it has it has evolved in terms of um, what we actually do on the podcast because. We started out practicing, Julie and I, just interviewing and talking to each other, mm-hmm. and we ended up scrapping some of those because <laughs> we found that we didn't know so much. So that's why we reached out to really learn and to learn what people are doing, what the social justice issues are, and what, people, what other people are imagining and doing about them. For example, we had a whole conversation about prison because I have all these feelings about people being locked up. I don't like it. 
And then after we recorded it, we realized we really don't know anything. We need to talk to somebody. And then we interviewed <laughs> Stuart Lev, who is a defense attorney who gets people off of death row. <laughs> so mm -hmm. then we had actual information to, to share with people. Yes, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But, but I do see and hear about the process of how it evolved. So that makes me wonder, how do you decide a topic for a given podcast or where do you get your guests? Uh, is it just sort of organic as you're talking and moving around and interacting with other healthcare professionals? People tell you of someone who's doing something innovative or, or what? It's sort of all of that. And partly because we're only a year old, we started with people we knew mm -hmm. and then we went on to anybody who would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whether we knew them or not. So who had an important topic to talk about? Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> right. Really and cool. and um, if some of our listeners are not familiar with your podcast series, what are some of the topics that you cover? Uh, I understand um, people who are working for social change or involved in innovative ways to promote social justice I assume it's in the greater Philadelphia area. Yeah, it is. So we've talked to um, people who uh, have uh, nonprofits or who teach certain things that are valuable, like about microaggressions or cultural diversity, um, immigration issues, things that we feel are really important. We'll talk to each other and we'll come up with some ideas and then research and figure out um, who we might talk to. So we talked to um, colleagues, Rebecca Ergas, who uh, she went and evaluated asylum seekers at the southern border. Um, we talked to Cheryl Rothery, who's faculty at PCOM. Um, so many other people. Do you have? Yeah, we talked to um, Roy Idelson, who's an author of a book called Political Mind Games. That's at least huh. the first part of the title, Political mm -hmm. Mind Games, How the 1% Manipulate Our Understanding of What's Happening, What's Right, and What's Possible. Uh -huh. um, so he has a lot to say. So that, that's our colleagues, but we also reach out to A lot non of nonprofits, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I, one I, of I, them is the um, go ahead. Uh, Monkey and the Elephant Cafe, which uh, the person we spoke to is Megan Ryan. Mm -hmm. And they work with foster care, foster youth who are aging out of the system. And yeah, what we learned from that, we learned from every single one. Absolutely. And what we learned from that is that at 18, when you age out of foster care, you have nothing. There's no longer any services for you. So that was kind of. So that's an organization that hires them, trains them to have a, you know, pop positive job behavior. They become like a family and they help them launch. It was beautiful. Right. So in terms of getting our guests, there's no end to the social injustice that's happening around us. And what we have found out is there's no end to people who are actually working and, you know, trying to change the injustice. Which is really reassuring. I think what's so interesting and significant is that some of the topics you cover, we might on occasion see a small blurb or maybe a, an article in some form of mass media or journal or newspaper. 
But some of them are topics that you mentioned that we don't really get in courses, we don't really hear about unless we're specifically in that area, like, for example, working on immigration. So it's really interesting to hear what people are actually doing and that many people are moved to action. One of my favorite is we interviewed these two teenagers from the Sunrise Movement, right? and they were so dedicated and strong and well-spoken about climate change. And that was just so inspiring to hear how just passionate about it they are. And it's interesting because, you know, we asked, uh, you know, they were 16. So we asked them both, you know, you're 16. What do you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer was great. You know, one of them said, I may not know a lot because I'm 16, but I do have a strong moral compass. <laughs> Let's hold that thought. It's a wonderful line. We're about to take our first commercial break. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. De stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download imagery work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access imagery work, go to App Store or Google Play. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Franco. My guests today are psychologists Cindy Ariel and Julie Mayer, who co-host the successful podcast series, Shrinks on Third. 
episodes focus on individuals who imagine social change and need for social justice and go out into the community and create it. If you'd like to learn more about Shrinks on Third, you can visit shrinksonthird.com. That's S-H-R-I-N-K-S-O-N-T-H-I-R-D.com. Or visit their Twitter handle, at ShrinksOnThird. In our last segment, Cindy and Julie, we started to discuss how this podcast series, Shrinks on Third, got launched and why at that time the two of you decided to just go for it and develop a podcast series, something neither of you knew nothing about and had never participated in. So now what I'm wondering is, um, why do you continue to do what you're doing? I mean, the podcast has been going for almost a year now, I Over believe. Over a year. Over a year. Okay. Yeah. So if you could speak to why you first started to do it and why you now continue to do it, because you have no contract. You, you folks are doing this on your own. No contract. <laughs> right. This is a true labor of love, and I think we do both love it. We always joke how we, we want to do this full time, <laughs> but it doesn't pay any bills. <laughs> it causes bills. <laughs> but, yes, it does. But we, we started it, at least for me, you know, I needed, I needed to do something. I'm going to be leaving children in the world. I'm going to be leaving a world someday that I really want to be a better place. I also want to live in one in the meantime. That's, that feels just and fair. And that was important to do whatever we could because after the election of 2016, I felt like we must not have done enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we have found so much joy in it because we hear people's stories and their stories are so inspiring. A lot of the people that do um, the work in the nonprofits have had uh, life histories with trauma in them. Mm -hmm. And they have taken that trauma and turned it into um, a way to help others. And it's just so inspiring to talk to them that, you know, we look forward to meeting people each time we record. We get so, so much good feeling from it. And part of, part of why we haven't yet moved completely from Philadelphia, we talk about it, but we love the in-person. We love how that feels to sit here, you know, to sit here with Miguel, who um, remembered with us, um, the day when he was a young boy and his father was taken by ice and he couldn't go back in the house because his sister kept him out because, you know, knew that his father was being taken away and he hasn't seen him since. Those stories and that personal interaction is just so meaningful and gives us so much. I wouldn't say that gives us joy. It's just... Oh, it's so meaningful, though, to yeah. hear the story and then understand how Miguel has now dedicated his life to helping other immigrants and helping them protect themselves and each other in a community where ICE could come in any day and destroy their lives. It, it's, it was just so touching and important. Oh, it sounds very, very moving. Yeah. I'm a uh, former retired professor of sociology. 
And I always found that I had to teach my students critical awareness, not just critical thinking, of social ills and what was not working in society. At the same time, I also felt that I had to help them develop some positive idealism and be exposed to people and projects that work, seeing that people also build society and there are things that we can do. And it sounds like your podcast series addresses not just what's upsetting, but what people are actually doing about it and transforming lives one moment at a time. That's the most important part to us, the part where people are doing things. And we found from talking to people, if you just look at the problems and look at the world around us sometimes, it could be very isolating and depressing. And so some people don't want to think about the problems. But actually, they say that jumping into the problems and doing work to help solve them actually makes them feel more hopeful and a lot less isolated and mm-hmm. helpless. I, so many people feel helpless. And mm-hmm. doing any little tiny thing, one, making one little step makes a big difference. Yes. I, I sometimes get tired waiting for an election. <laughs> You know, I mean, and especially um, I have found that I'm stepping out of my immediate community and going elsewhere to be effective uh, around um, political and social change, not just staying in my own neighborhood. Right. We've talked to a a couple of people in the political world who are stepping up and running for office and um, trying to support others who run for office um, because that's... uh, the way to help create change on a large scale. So mm-hmm. that is super important too, especially as we're talking on election day. Well, I also think that even though I love my work as a, as a psychotherapist, I'm, I'm making and helping to develop um, personal change in people's lives, but it's not on the larger macro level. So, um, you know, I feel a need to participate in both. Yeah, that's sort of how we feel too. That's that's part of the motivation for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you're already affecting change, but you're talking about a different type and um, expanse of change. Yeah. So what have you learned perhaps not just overall from doing the podcast um, over time, but what have each of you learned or perhaps something that surprised each of you in this experience of conducting, you know, or providing weekly podcasts. We've learned small things and large things, and mm-hmm. we've learned yeah. so much. For example, I mentioned uh, Stuart Lev, who is the attorney who gets people off of death row. I had no idea that people on death row never get any physical touch. And the difference between having a life sentence and being on death row is the people with a life sentence can at least hug their family members. Ah, I didn't know that. So it's just this fact that if you think about it, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. And mm-hmm. when he gets someone off death row to, to be to a life sentence, even though it's, they're still in prison, it changes their life. Yeah, they still oh. have human contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so part of what we learned overall is the importance, I mean, we've known the importance of humanity, but, but seriously, the importance of... I don't think we always think about the people on death row in terms of humanity or another example might be sex workers. Right. Um, 
we interviewed Amanda Spitfire, who is um, a recovering addict, mm-hmm. another group that we don't always think of. And we, we try to highlight these vulnerable, marginalized people. And if you think about sex workers, for example, one of the things Amanda let us know was that they need showers and clean underwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't think of that. But their group actually has, you know, Thursday nights where the ladies can come in and take a shower and they ask for donations of clean underwear, which we send a little. We'd like to do more, but yeah, mm-hmm. we can't help all these people. We would love to. Well, it's really more of getting a bird's eye view uh, and exposure to um, groups you may hear about but don't really know anything about. That's, exactly. That's exactly right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we like to, you know, so we feel our job right now is to amplify them mm-hmm. so that other people like us who don't usually hear these voices or these people, you know, get, get to hear them and, and maybe get to care. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you found maybe particular or unique to Philadelphia that's going on? I mean, immigration work may be happening in cities, not just in Philadelphia, for example. Well, um, There's an organization called Achievability in West Uh Philly that houses um, homeless moms with their children, and the requirement for them is that they go to school, and they have a support network of tutors and people who do social work with them and support these people in these apartments so that they can get degrees and jobs and change their lives and change the lives of their entire extended family they do their homework with their children um, because they're all in school. And, and that organization really impressed me because one of the people who works there began, he was in his 30s, as a homeless junkie living mm-hmm. in an abandoned building. And he raised his daughter and ended up with a master's degree. <laughs> so it's just um, amazing stuff. And that's an organization in Philly. Those, yes, I, I'm actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually familiar with that organization, oh. and I've I've gone to many of their fundraisers, and I've been very impressed. And one of the things I love about their approach is that they work with women in transition long term. Yeah, and they take a yeah. multi prong approach. It's not just right. going to school. It's but you have to pay for books, mm-hmm. and you have to live somewhere, and you have to have childcare, and you have to not just put somebody in the situation, but help them sustain motivation and help them solve problems ongoing. And they really take the long haul. You know, they they do it in steps, and they support people for years till they accomplish their goals, and it works. And that's the thing. So many of the people that we meet in so many of the programs, they work so hard and so long with people. Yes. They care so much. Yeah. Uh, let's go, and let's go back to that um, in our next segment, because I think, I mean, there's some social change that's wonderful that people might be able to do in a short, quick way, and it may have importance. But working with people through time also has another level of commitment. So let's hold that thought as we approach another commercial break, and we'll return to it. to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. De-stress with guided imagery. 
I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download Imagery Work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access Imagery Work, go to App Store or Google Play. How much health and wellness information have you been exposed to today? Listen to Prescription for Success with Dr. Emil Haldi. Healing and empowerment start from within, but it also takes the best knowledge and advice. That's what you'll find here. Dr. Haldi and his guests will help you make the right life-enhancing decisions for well-being success. Tune in live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Prescription for Success. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Franco. My guests today are Julie Mayer and Cindy Ariel, Philadelphia-based psychologists who co-host the successful podcast series called Shrinks on Third. If you'd like to learn more about Shrinks on Third, visit www.shrinksonthird.com. That's T-H-I-R-D dot com. Or their Twitter handle, at Shrinks on Third. In our last segment, uh, Cindy and Julie, we were talking about a particular um, program that you had learned of and was a topic for one of your podcasts called Achievability. And we were all discussing how important it is to learn of programs or interventions for social change and social justice that take a long view, that actually commit services or interventions or just sustains them over time because social change requires time and effort, like a garden. You know, you plant seeds and you got to water them and you got to take care of the garden. What has been your experience in the podcast series with this issue of commitment for the long term? Well, we know that commitment for the long term is very important. And in fact, um, we mentioned that we started thinking about this in 2016 
but we have to say that none of these issues started in 2016. They started way before that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they're going to continue. So the long view is necessary for all of these programs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and, and I like to think about it as we were talking about achievability. You come at the problem in several ways at once. So I think programs that are successful do that. They don't just, like achievability, add education. They also have tutoring. They also have social support. They have childcare. Like, it's that um, complex approach to care that I think leads to long-term change. Yes, and I, I remember um, when I used to teach many, many years ago about homelessness in America before there was much written on it. That's how old I am. Uh, they were only, you know, writing about soup kitchens. And I assigned my students to have to um, go to call up different cities and speak to people in uh, mayor's offices or in public administrations, county offices, state offices. But they also had to talk to the private sector. And we found that the cities that made contracts and alliances between the public officials and the private sector were the ones who had long, longer-term solutions to homelessness in their areas because a given mayor or administration comes and goes. And so when you have people in many areas, there's more possibility to keep threading, threading it and, and sustaining it. It doesn't come with you know, just one person or one organization. Yes, and I also wanted to go back, I think, to a question you had asked before about if something was special about Philadelphia. And actually, these kinds of programs are needed and I'm sure exist in every city. We don't know about all of them. We'd love to, we'd love to find out about them. That's, you know, a whole different, that's a whole different level of our podcast that we're imagining. We have a fantasy of a traveling show, but. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. <laughs> Uh, and also, you know, I love the fact that you're interviewing young people, and I imagine you're also interviewing people of, a, of an advanced age as well. We are not ageist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's doing something interesting. We're, we're, or important, yeah. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. we're happy to listen. Yeah. We love, we love yeah. the youth and their magnetism, the magnetism of their moral compass. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and, of course, we love more mature people. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. There's a program the in, in Chester um, run by two women uh, who are not youth, but who are doing wonderful things with families who have lost a, a family member to gun violence. And um, rather than have them do what they normally do, which is plan retribution, they help them heal. Um, yeah, that's definitely needed. And um, victims' rights is also definitely needed to help promote yeah. that as well. Yeah. Exactly. We spoke with um, somebody from another organization in Philly, um, Tyara Jones, mm-hmm. who grew up in North Philly, which is really a rough part of Philly, and she saw a lot of her friends and community members die on the streets. So she, um, she was lucky enough to go to college and is determined to make a difference in the lives of underserved youth in her, um, in her neighborhood. So she's doing some incredible work too right there. Yeah. That's terrific. So uh, Cindy and Julie, you have probably some devoted listeners, maybe some people who 
you know, tune in for one podcast. Maybe they know or heard of someone you're interviewing. What, what are your hopes for your listeners? What are you hoping, I don't know, maybe their takeaway messages or what the experience is like for them? I know it's been transformative for the two of you, but what is it that you hope for your listeners? We partly hope that, like us, they'll learn about what's going on and, and maybe be able to dream of things themselves that they can do or um, you know, take away action ideas. We always try to give those. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, I think we would love it if our listeners could feel like they could be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And we try to give them ways to do that. You know, they can send money to any of these organizations, but they can also volunteer if they really want to get involved. And like Cindy said, maybe they have their own idea of something that they'd like to get started. And this way, they have a model. They see people do this. They have a life event, and it, it makes them often, it, it stimulates them to want to do something valuable. And as psychologists, we want to reassure people and give them some hope. Yes. And really not just tell them there's hope, but show show the hope that there is in the world. With people's stories, I think one of the things that drives both of us is that we believe that stories really are compelling. And so we try to get people to tell their stories and hopefully our listeners find that inspiring. Yes, it's very important to hear the story, the narrative, and it's what also connects people and helps you build meaning. I have found that, um, for example, your show when you interviewed uh, Rebecca with her um, on immigration, well, not immigration reform, but how she was helping immigration by going to the border and using her clinical skills to do um, evaluations on um, children and and their parents. Yeah, Yeah. asylum seekers. Asylum seekers. Um, I was able to then send that podcast to a friend of mine uh, who happened to be a psychologist who was interested in doing this work and didn't know how to get started. So she was able to make a connection through your podcast to the, one of the people who was being interviewed. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just a natural form of networking. But well, yeah. that's part of our hope and part of our, our dream for this podcast. Yeah. Right. But I think it really helps to not just say, oh, here's a name of so-and-so. You actually hear someone interviewed or hear about the story or what's happening, and it really allows somebody to identify and engage very differently than someone saying, oh, I know of somebody over here. Why don't you call them? I absolutely agree. I feel like you could read an article about going to the border and dealing with people and you can listen to someone talk about it, and it, it feels more emotionally compelling to actually listen to the person. Yeah, it's more charged and more immediate. Yeah. And um, I think it more directly experienced. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any other hopes you have or perhaps um, something you would like your listeners to be aware of? Well, we're kind of dreaming of having our own community, a community of people who who care and who do stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's important to be optimistic and to 
be active. Everything does start with a dream, but you also have to take some action to realize the dream. Yes. I also think it's uh, important for my listeners to this show to be aware that both of you are psychologists with um, who do clinical work. You have practices. Right. And we have dreams. And you have dreams. <laughs> and though you may know other uh, mental health professionals or practitioners who are interested in some of the same things you are, you're not really just talking about having a professional community. You're talking about community in the sense of your broader community and moving outside of some of your immediate circles. Because after all, as psychologists or social workers, uh, psychiatrists, people in the mental health field are aware of areas in the mental health field in desperate need of reform. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're hearing about expansive need for reform in other areas of social justice, social economic life, and political life. It seems like our profession should be going along, um, should have a better knowledge of all the things that are happening. One of the things we found through this work is actually how um, segregated our profession is Mm -hmm. in some ways, and also um, separated from the kinds of good work that people are doing. We interviewed Kevin Moore, who works in poverty health, Mm -hmm. um, a psychologist, and also works with uh, opioid addiction. And he talked about how in a lot of our programs, you know, graduate programs, we don't learn anything. There are no classes. There isn't even a, a single day on poverty care, caring for people in poverty. And it's not the same as caring for people who have... Yeah, I, I think because I was a clinical social worker first and then became a clinical psychologist, I felt like I got a bit more of both. But I do agree with you. There's an isolation that sets in within the sort of departmentalization of professions. And, and people don't work with people in poverty. They work with people who can pay or at least have uh, managed care coverage. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. We're going to take another commercial break, and I'd like to explore that again. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. De-stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download imagery work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access imagery work, go to App Store or Google Play. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. 
with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm Dr. Miriam Franco, your host. My guest today are psychologists Cindy Ariel and Julie Mayer, who co-host the successful podcast series called Shrinks on Third. To learn more, visit www.shrinksonthird.com or visit their Twitter handle, at Shrinks on Third. And of course, I think um, it goes without saying that you can listen to the podcast series, Shrinks on Third. I'm assuming, Cindy and Julie, just by going to your podcast podcast section on your phone. You can go through the app on your your phone, or you can go online. Um, Anywhere you get podcasts, you can find ours. Right. Okay. So in the uh, last segment, we were talking about your hopes for your listeners, um, what you hope they gain from the experience of listening to the podcasts. I want to ask both of you now, what are some of your interests or new developments that have formed Uh, As a result of doing the podcast, perhaps you're doing some other programs or wanting to start something as a result of doing and producing these podcasts. One of the things that came through to us, for every every social justice issue that we've dealt with, um, poverty and race, the intersection of of those and other intersections, gender, um, came out so clear so that we we started to really work on our anti-racism and on being intersectional feminists not just progressive feminists and so um, we actually met a couple of african-american therapists through interviewing them and we asked them to join us on a monthly conversation on air, and we're airing it. Today was the second one, actually. Women and actually, guns. Yeah. <laughs> Women no, and guns. Uh-huh. It was last week, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so 
we're doing it the last Tuesday of every month, and we have a conversation together, the four of us, two white women, two black women, and kind of seeing where that goes. And you're all therapists? We are all therapists, mm-hmm. and we come from different backgrounds, and we are seeing you know, where we're similar, where we differ, and mm-hmm. how, we, how we see things. So that's why our episode from last week on women and guns is so interesting because one of the four of us owns a gun Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the others may be sort of anti-gun and and just how that, what that looks like Mm -hmm. in a conversation. It's been really interesting. And I think four is a good, a good size because you can get enough, you know, it's not just two people, it's Mm -hmm. four. Yeah. Another thing, another thing we're working on too is um, our website which right now you mentioned shrinksonthird.com a few times, and that's just all of our episodes. But we're actually turning that into a robust uh, website that's going to have all of these social justice issues and many, many things that you could do about it. And a blog. A regular uh-huh. blog. Yeah. yeah. So you'd be able to, when you're interviewing a guest, you would be able then on your website to direct people where to go to get involved or an upcoming program or exactly. conference or way to get involved. That's more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So and of course that's buy. work too, but it, it, that's the, so I think a natural uh, development from doing your podcast, just needing to have more of a uh, website presence. Well, it's a lot of work, but we really want to try to make a community. Mm-hmm. And we thought that that was one way to have kind of one place where everybody can look up, you know, any, any of the social justice issues and look up different steps that they could take to mm-hmm. be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and communicate with one another. Hopefully, we'll get, we'll get some back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, have you thought about going into the schools, you know, high schools or? I mean, doing a live podcast in the uh-huh. high uh-huh. That sounds fun. It does sound fun. We would love to do live shows, but I don't know. The time is on our side right now since <laughs> yes, we do have I know, to work. I know. I just think it's uh, a wonderful thing for young people to see um, somebody live being interviewed. Absolutely. Um, that's on the ground in their own greater neighborhood. We did one. We didn't do exactly live, but we did an interview of a woman about abortion rights, and we had a whole brunch full of other women here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we sort of shared the mic and let people ask questions, and that was fun. Yeah, it was great. And when you say here, are you folks like doing this from your home, or are you doing this from a mutual office in downtown Philadelphia? Our studio. Uh Aha. We're doing it from our studio in Philadelphia, near Third Street. Hence the title, Shrinks on Third. Uh Okay. And um, you do this on your own. You're you're not being, um, you're not receiving any payment or um, advertising or whatever. Not as of yet. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, but right now it's really just, you know, heartfelt work, totally from the heart. It is, and it's a joy to do it. Uh, we really have a good time. We kind of justify it, you know, I guess as a hobby right now, and that's yeah. how we justify the money we spend. <laughs> <laughs> but now, were you guys friends before you did this, or just colleagues? I mean, because this, there's something intimate about doing an ongoing podcast together. We were colleagues, friendly colleagues, and now I would say <laughs> we've become good friends. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> Probably know each other's families as well, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us today on Imagine That. I've listened to many of your podcasts. I have found them to be so inspiring. Sometimes it's actually just inspiring to go, oh, I know that person. That's terrific. And sometimes it's just learning about people I had no idea about in my greater Philadelphia community, my area. And, um, you know, how wonderful it is to just sometimes hear that someone's doing something. Oh, about that. They're doing that. That's terrific. It's just so uplifting. So thank you for continuing to inspire us and expose us to those who are inspirational. And thank you for being guests today. Oh, Miriam, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's definitely my pleasure. And please join me next week on Imagine That, when my guest will be Susan Matthias. Susan has developed a successful webinar series called Ageless Woman, where she helps empower women to clarify their purpose and to reinvent the second half of their lives, to live their lives with a greater abundance and clarity of purpose. Imagine that. Thank you for taking a deeper look into your imagination with Dr. Miriam Franco. Please join us for another episode of Imagine That next Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tap into your imagination this week. 